Hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Yes, it is. Thank you for listening. Episode 217. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Netgear.com.au will tell you more about them shortly. We have a bunch of news and uh, information to bring you this week on Two Blokes Talking Tech. We uh, bring you the latest news, information about technology uh, in the world around you, and especially here in Australia. And joining me, Trevor Long, each and every week is Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Good to be with you again. And are you still celebrating the origin victory or have you forgotten? You, you've reverted back to a New South Welshman now. It's very nice of you to bring that up. <laughs> I'm a Queenslander every day of the year, if asked. It's just funny that people don't ask me any other day of the year other than the three origin games, but that's okay. I don't Enjoy mind. it. Enjoy it. Yeah. Hmm. Thanks very much. Uh, who won again? Sorry, it was yeah. uh, Queen, Nine out of Queensland, ten, mate. Queensland. Queensland you know that. And the score was quite comprehensive. Yeah, it was a record. 56 to 6. Yeah. 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 No. 56 to 4, was 56 to 4. No, I think it was 56 to 6. But well done anyway. Oh, thanks um, for the extra couple of points. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, no. I'll give you an extra 10. What does it matter? <laughs> uh, it, was, uh, it was wonderful to be in the Tech Guide studio watching and uh, enjoying it. Um, enjoying you squirm basically <laughs> as the as the thing went downhill. But yeah. anyway, we're not here to talk football because, frankly, Stephen's the only one with any expertise in that area. We are here to talk tech, and let's do it here, uh, episode two hundred and seventeen. Thanks to the good people at Netgear. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now this is interesting. We um we get a lot of these studies, especially from security companies, uh, you know, internet security virus companies, because they, you know they've got to make the point that there are issues in uh, in society with our our kind of online awareness, let alone anything else. And uh, Symantec, the people behind the Norton software and other things, did a study of uh, about six hundred parents around Australia, and there were some alarming results, including the headline, uh, which is basically 74% of parents are in the dark about what their kids are doing online. But then the things that worry me most, because we've talked for years about uh, online parenting being a really important thing about conversations, uh, 52% of parents have not had a conversation about online issues such as sexting or cyberbullying and those kind of things. So, look, it is really a big issue, Stephen. And, um, you know, if anything, just the awareness of this is important so that parents can start basically second-guessing themselves, let alone initiating that conversation. Absolutely right. I think uh, yeah, it, it is. It is alarming though those figures, and and you got you got to think about this. Like there is security and there's privacy, but there's these other things that need to be taken into consideration, like like the cyberbullying, sexting, even like the online stranger danger. When we were kids, you, your parents said, "Look, if, don't talk to strangers, and if they ask you to get in their car, don't do anything." Well, that's that's totally changed now because it's all it's all happening online, and this study sort of really really shone a bright light 
right into how lacking parents are in not making not making that initial approach to the kids and, and talking to them about what, what the right thing is to do online, that online etiquette. Uh, they, they need to have that open, uh, that, that conversation because if something should happen in the future or has already happened, then they should be free to talk about it, to get to the bottom of it. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where, unfortunately, some of these things, like taking cyberbullying, for example, uh, that that can often lead to tragic circumstances where it becomes so much that a, a teenager commits suicide. So, if if having a conversation with your child can avert that, whether whether they're the cyber bully or they are being cyber bullied, I think that's a result in itself. But. I think you and I, our kids are different ages. My kids are a lot older than yours, so they've kind of grown up with this. I've had this conversation with them. They've learnt as I have learnt because social media was quite new when they were younger. And we we went through, we set some rules. We sort of said, look, you know, if this this happens, you need to talk to me. You, on the other hand, your kids are just starting that journey. I think this is kind of aimed at parents with kids of of, uh, your age, kids. Hmm. Uh, So I think this is uh, obviously something that you've no doubt going to do. Look, it's... It's a very good example where our kids are at different stages, you know, much older teenagers for you, not even close to teens for me. And it just shows how much this stuff changes. And you're spot on. Social media wasn't around. You know, you look at this study from, from Norton Semantics, it says 27% of Australian parents, that's one third of parents, have allowed their kids to join a social network even though they're underage. So, mm-hmm. you know, look, it, it's a very interesting thing. And I'll give you an example, a real life current example, Clash of Clans. I don't know if you've played it. I hadn't. But Jackson has been playing it. And Amanda said to me, who, who else is playing the game? Because it's kind of multiplayer. It's online. So I said, oh, well, I'll get into it. And I've wasted a heap of money because I want to be better than him, obviously. Um, but that, that aside, you know, it's all about having people in your clan. And there is actually messaging going on within that. And I said, mate, you're out of that clan. Come and you have to join my clan. And, and that's the way it's going to be because I want to know who's messaging you and I need to now get your, get your iPod every couple of days and have a look at the messages in Clash of Clans. Yeah. Now, the great thing is he doesn't see this as being some ooga booga, you know, the world's ending thing. He just thinks dad wants to know what's going on. Now, he's eight and I'm lucky. I think I'm lucky that the kids are so young and I can bring them up this way. I feel for the parents in between you and I, Stephen, who have got 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds now that they they can't be expected to suddenly shift the way they do things. So it's it's a real difficult thing in in terms of being a parent in this modern age. Absolutely right, and I think um, Tara, Tara Moss is the the new Norton family ambassador, and uh, I actually had the uh, the opportunity to actually chat chat to her and interview her for my Tech Guide podcast. But she she brought up some great points though about how a lot of people need to realise that. A lot of people say, well, there's real life and there's online. Well, online's real life as well because it's got yeah. real circumstances and, and, and real consequences. And this is the world our children are living in. Like it or not, it's not going to go away. This is where where they live their lives. They, they, they spend a lot of time on, online. They're, they're always on their devices when they reach a certain age. And I think the par- from a parent's perspective – it's it's some in some cases I think they're a little intimidated by the technology that they're, they're not very tech savvy. That's that's one of the reasons I reckon why that figure is so high. That seventy four percent figure is so high. But I think parents owe it to their kids 
for their kids' safety, just like if they were if they were wanting to see who they were doing, you know, who, who they were talking to uh, in reality. If you know, people come on over to the house, they yep. go to someone else's house. Of course, they're going to ask, "Well, who are you going to who are you going to be with? Where are you going to? What time are you going to yeah. be home?" Yep. Things like that. They're questions you'd ask. But yeah, when it comes to online, they've probably got access to way more people, uh, and, and they're not asking those questions. So, what Norton have done here, uh, apart from highlighting this fact with this study, they've offered this new Norton family uh, this this new software that allows you then to easily keep an eye on what your kids are doing. And you, you remember the days when there was one computer in the house. That was sort of when my kids were younger. There's no one had smartphones. There's one computer in the house, and it's in a central position in the house, so you can keep an eye on what they're doing. That was easy. Now they've all got smartphones. They're, they're up in their rooms. They've got a little computer in their pocket. How do you then monitor that? And this 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 family package from Norton, uh, it's free download by the way, can allow you to check text messages coming in and out, see who they're chatting to, all these things where you're not, it's not really intruding or or, or stopping them doing enjoying the benefits of the internet. But it is keeping an eye on them, making sure that no one is pretending to be someone else and trying to contact your son or daughter or no one's sending inappropriate text messages or sending photos and things like that. So I think an, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure in this case. So I think really important for parents to look at that. And look, the final two things I'll say in, in response to a couple of things you said there. Um, it, it absolutely is a problem for parents not knowing what their kids are doing and, and having that kind of digital uh, literacy gap. My advice is embrace it, okay? Now, yeah, I'm a bit more tech-savvy than many parents, but I play Minecraft with my son because I now enjoy it, but also because I started doing that because I wanted to know what it was. I'm now going to keep playing Clash of Clans for a little bit just so that I can fully understand the game and what can happen in there. You've got to have that thing. You've got to, you've got to get in there and do it. And look, the other thing you mentioned was that the online world is the real world. You know, this is my biggest bugbear, and we've talked about this in debates over piracy or you know rights management or international sales and stuff. The fact is... The online world is just part of the real world. It's just a different way of communicating. People that think it's a different place need an uppercut. They need to have a good, hard think about the fact that they shouldn't act or behave any differently because they're on the internet than they would in the real world. And I think that's one of the other things to highlight. So parents should take the time to uh, read the stats. You've got all the stats up at techguide.com.au. There's some great tips for parents there. And uh, and consider uh, installing the uh, the Norton uh, online family software. It's uh, it's a great added bonus. Um, so you can start getting that awareness of what your kids are doing. But most importantly, have the conversation with your kids. Well, Sony have just unveiled their 2015 range of Bravia TVs and and home audio solutions. They had a, a great launch the other day at a, a beautiful home in Paddington that didn't look like anything from the outside. But when, once you walked in, it was an old architectural firm that had been converted in this beautiful house. And they had the new TVs in various rooms, wireless uh, audio speakers as well around the house so that you could uh, listen to all your favorite music. They've, they had the high-res audio quality playing as well uh, but it was a very impressive lineup and uh, starting with the TVs the Bravia brand uh, really has 
they've, they've knocked it out of the park in terms of design. Their top-of-the-line 4K TVs uh, really looked fantastic. They're so thin. In fact, they're the world's thinnest LCD television. At the top of the screen, it's only like four and a half millimeters wide. It's, it's, it's actually thinner than your smartphone. Uh, that, that alone is impressive. Yet under, under the bonnet, there's, uh, there's the new X1 processor that can really deliver that fantastic image quality, that, that color and contrast. And the new Trilum, the Triluminous display also comes into play. And their 4K X Reality Pro can really uh, upscale very well. Also, there's a uh, bulk of the range is 4K. But there's also some ultra HD TVs, sorry, some full HD TVs in the lineup as well. So yeah. they've catered for all levels of consumer there. Before you talk about the audio stuff, just on the TVs, I mean, this, this the Sony is one of the ones we saw at CES. It was, for me, the standout TV at CES, in fact, because it was so thin and, and just such a beautiful design without being the, the full OLED and all that kind of jazz from LG. But Sony have done a couple of things. I showed this, this ultra-thin TV on the Today Show a month or so ago. But the other big thing that they've got is they're, they're sticking with some of these TVs with front-facing speakers on the side. And I think people are responding to that because people are starting to notice that audio on televisions is crap, especially when you go for ultra-thin. So, you know, the, Sony have got picture quality right. They do have good content. They do have good design. It's amazing to me that they still struggle to, to even get into number number three spot in TV sales. So... I think they've just got to get their act together in terms of marketing, mate, and then, you know, combine that with the audio stuff they've just released. They've got a good package. Absolutely right. No, the Sony have uh, got quite a heritage in terms of uh, producing great audio. Uh, they're, 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 don't forget, they've got a full film studio behind them. They've got a record company behind them. So they, the, the legacy of that production, they've brought it all the way to the lounge room. Uh, and you're right with the TVs. They, 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 they did play some sample clips through, uh, through the new televisions. I've got to say, they sound fantastic. And I should mention, they're running the new Google TV operating system. So, it's got all the benefits of you running it on your smartphone, like being able to download apps, stream content, uh, access content as well. So uh, really handy addition to that lineup. Now, moving on to the audio side, there's a few uh, few products that they did showcase. They've got their, let's just call them Sonos-type setup here, where you've got your wireless audio connection. They've got their, their series of speakers that start at top of the line at $899, all the way down to under $100. So this family of wireless speakers can all talk to each other. You can direct your music using their new SongPal app. You can also enjoy high-res audio, which is something Sony's always pushed with not only their content side of things, but also headphones and dedicated MP3 players that can produce and play that kind of audio. Uh, on the sound, they've got a couple of sound bars as well, so that if you don't have those speakers already on the TV, you can add a sound bar with a wireless subwoofer. They sounded fantastic. They've also got a really cool sound sound base that sits under the TV. So it's a good space-saving solution that still produces great sound. And finally, they've got also two new AV receivers that are also Wi-Fi. They've got Wi-Fi connectivity. They've got their AirPlay compatible, Bluetooth, and Google Car. So they, too, become part of your wireless home audio system. So really well done. Though I really enjoyed the, the event because it did tell a great story about what can be done in the home and how easy it is to access your content, play your content on all these speakers around your house. 
And, and really their challenge is price. They've just got to get um, awareness and price over the line because people are buying these things. They've just got to, they've got to figure, and I think they carry a lot of clout with the Sony brand, but uh, it's always going to be tough to, to get that market share. So a uh, big one for Sony and all the prices, all the products, and uh, lots of photos are at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, now I love this one. This is one of the best infographics you've ever published, mate. Um, a lot of fun, and I think we can challenge our listeners to this right now as you're jogging along or walking along or on the train or in the car, wherever you are listening right now, we have some questions for you. And these questions will determine how addicted you are to your smartphone. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you straight away, I'm addicted. Uh, that wasn't, I didn't really need to ask a single question there, but the questions resonated with me, shall we say. And Stephen, the first question, the first question is you panic when your phone is misplaced. And I think, you know what, that, that is, that is becoming more of an issue because there is so much in our smartphones. Yes, Um, true. It's a, it's a really important thing. And you go, where is it? It's the one thing I want to take with me. Yeah, that's right. Now, there was some great uh, information from this U.S. research, and 73% of respondents, they said they panicked when they were away from their device. Uh, 14% felt they would, felt desperate, but 7% felt physically ill when they were separated from their device. Okay, I'm not physically ill, but this is an interesting one, um, especially for someone as socially inept as me. Uh, another sign of addiction? Addiction, constant usage, even in social situations. Yes. Yeah, I mean, well, good luck. At dinner, so, so say, for example, you're out with your wife at dinner. I know that that happens quite often with your three young children. Is that right? Or... <laughs> but in in the situation, like I, I do have a bit of a rule when we go out as a family, and that, that's rare. My kids are older now. They're doing their own thing. But when, we're out, when we are together, I do make the point of, of saying to them, Put away your phones and let's talk to each other. Talk to your grandparents, whoever we happen to be with, yeah, your uncles or whoever. Mm. I think that's really important because what, why pay attention to the people who aren't with you, that you, people you're messaging and chatting to and you know tweeting to, whatever you're doing? Why give them the priority of your attention above the people that are actually there with you? That's something I always I, I press upon, my, I, I emphasise with my kids. You're so old school, so old school. <laughs> um, this one's great. Um, another, the third sign, euphoric feeling when a text, email or call comes in. Now, I've got to be honest, Woo-hoo. I don't really get the euphoric <laughs> feeling. I really don't. This is the one that I'm a bit, you know, half, half yeah. on because, to be honest, most of the time it's not a good thing for there to be um, information yeah. coming through. But there are a bunch of people, especially the younger ones, who do get that, uh, that boost. What about this next one though? And and I got to say, I'm 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 not an addict because I I can turn my phone off at night. I leave it. I, I don't I don't even have it in my bedroom. I have it down in my office. I go to bed. And the phone is nowhere near me. It's turned off. Something I also stress for my kids to do as well. I don't want them. I want the phone well away from their bed so they can't just turn it on in bed. This is another sign. Do you use your phone right before you go to sleep and right after you wake up? Sorry, Dad. Guilty. Like. <laughs> Like so much so that I often have to pull the doona over my head because my wife hates the bright light. Really, from, I'm always second in bed. Like my man is always in bed well before me, and and yeah. she, it's funny, she does this as much as I do, probably more. She's on Instagram for you know 20 minutes before she goes to bed, 
but it's no good when I do it because she's trying to get to sleep. Because there's no one there when she's doing it, it's okay. So it's a bit of a yeah. double standard in our household. Um, selfish, mate. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people say, oh, but I'll use my phone as an alarm clock. I say, well, go to Dick Smith and buy, pay 20 bucks for a digital radio, digital clock radio. No, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> feeling guilty about phone usage. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if you, if you actually have the nerve to feel guilty about it, then you're aware of the addiction. I find that's that a wrong. strange one. That's right. Absolutely right. And there's also the physical side too where the, the people use their phones so much they've got either wrist pain or neck pain. That's crazy. You, uh, do you, does your phone give you a pain in the neck, Trev? <sighs> Not my phone. Certain people do. But um, <laughs> certainly I sometimes get wrist pain like uh the not the neck but the wrist you, you know i can definitely get that sometimes don't have to talk about your personal issues here mate that's fine yeah, no totally and the, <laughs> the last one that's interesting is being in trouble at school or work now i am you know uh, the golden uh, student at work there's no issue there um there's no no issues at all but i can imagine how um you know that that sense of um being cut off from your phone while you're in class could yeah. lead to you being in trouble at school but you know what? To some schools' credit, and I've got to say the high schools that my kids went to, especially my daughters went to, they had very strict rules about using your phone. And with, uh, in the case of uh, – I won't name which daughter, but yeah. one of them was uh, caught using their phone during school hours, oh. and the ruling was that they had to inform the parent, and the parent had to come and collect the confiscated phone. No. So there was no way out of not telling your parents that this had, ha- had happened. So, wow, that's huge. Yes, yeah, so she got in a little bit of trouble over that one, and it never happened again. So it, it did really, it did set set, uh, it did point out the rule quite clearly, and uh, she didn't do it again. <laughs> so, um, are you addicted to your smartphone? That's what um, we want to help you know, and uh, you can find that out through the infographic at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. And uh, you can find more about them at that website. And, of course, the Arlo range of smart home security cameras are there for you to see. The Arlo smart home security cameras are 100% wire-free. So they're battery-operated. They connect to a wireless network, so absolutely no cable is required. You could put one at your front door, you could put it outside on the guttering, you can put it in any room without any installation, without any cables, without any PowerPoint, and it immediately connects to your network. And whenever motion is detected during the hours that you um, you decide, it uploads a, a video of that um, that motion to the internet, to the cloud, and you can view that either on your smartphone, the web, wherever you like. It is unbelievably simple to use, and they are selling like hotcakes. You can check them out at JB Hi-Fi and other retailers, and of course, at netgear.com.au. Well, I think we've gone all reverses here. Last this time last year, I was downloading the um, the iOS and the Apple OS ten beta for my computers and my phones. I've decided not to do that this year, but just because the on flow effects have meant that I'm always getting the beta updates, and I'm not sure I really always want them because they seem to cause me a few little dramas here and there. Uh, but you've opted to um, install the betas of the uh, of the new phone software, iPad software, and uh, and Mac software, Stephen, um, which is now available to the public, so the public can sign up for the Apple beta program. The uh, iOS nine, you can download that right now, and I have done on on my iPhone, my iPhone six plus, and I have to say it's. Uh, it does offer a slightly different look. There's a new font around the whole phone as well now. 
uh, has only affected a couple of apps uh, that, that aren't working as they should. But in the case of uh, OS Ten El Capitan, it actually had an effect on this very podcast because I have got it on my MacBook Pro, which I do use to run through uh, and connect so we can do the uh, the podcast through uh, on FaceTime. And FaceTime wouldn't recognize my USB-connected audio equipment. So uh, we had to switch to Skype. So thank God Skype was working okay. Sadly, the quality is appalling, as, uh, as listeners will know. But that's okay. You'll, you'll forgive us. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. I saw a couple of things today that, that appealed to me greatly about iOS 9. Um, simple thing like the notifications are now viewed in a fully um, a time chronological order as opposed to being grouped by app. That's a really simple thing that, that makes, I think, makes a big difference to the notifications. What yeah. other big things have you noticed on that? I have. Yeah. On iOS 9, it does tell you if you've got, say, you've got an appointment, it tells you, it says, look, if you, need, if you want to make it, you need to leave soon, traffic's okay. Uh, it also, when a call comes through that is in maybe one of your emails, so you, even though you don't have the contact, if, the, if that number is also recorded in an email, it says who it might be on the, underneath, so... You know, it, it might say, you know, might might be Trevor Long if you call and say from your work number. Mm. So uh, th- that that's a really cool new addition as well. Look out, PR uh, companies. I'm going to know it's you calling. That's right. <laughs> that that's actually who it's worked on. So uh, it has it hasn't been too bad. But the whole the whole change of the font uh, is is system wide. So even in your email, in uh, just the names of all the apps, even the time on the lock screen, uh, you will notice a difference there. Uh, and and it's it's running pretty smooth. I've only had a couple of times where it's it's uh, it's sort of gone to the to the reboot screen a couple of times when I when I was firing up the camera. I think that happened once. So, but but when when you do install these beaters, and we've got to remember that these are beaters, and the reason that Apple are offering them to customers now is that you can help iron out these little problems. So there is a little feedback assistant on your device, so you can give them that information. But Biggest word of advice, and, and I've detailed this in Tech Guide as well through with my story there with the step-by-step on how to do it. Biggest thing you need to do beforehand is back up your devices, whether it's your iPad, whether it's your Mac or your iPhone. Back them up because I had a couple of readers uh, email me saying, look, the, an important app that I really like isn't working anymore. Luckily, they backed up beforehand before the upgrade and they could restore from that older backup. So they were up and running. So back it up before you go ahead. Very good advice. And the number one piece of advice really is don't do it unless you can risk uh, or, or run the risk. You know, if this is your only and primary device, you know, you may get issues. And that one thing that's an issue may be the really most important thing for you. So be very careful with it. It's not going to be a smooth sailing. It may just be simple it's little not, things. It's not perfect. That's um, why there's a beta program because it isn't perfect. That's why they want you to help find out these little issues. Exactly. So check it out. The full details and uh, information on how to do it are at techguide.com.au. Now, I have to say, Mercedes-Benz, what a forward-thinking company. <laughs> great cars. And they've come up with some new technology uh, in their new E-Class. The 2016 E-Class has a swathe of new technical tech features, including the remote parking pilot. Now, I'll put a video on Tech Guide demonstrating this. And what it basically means is that if you pull up at a spot, you think, ooh, that's a little bit too tight. I won't be able to, you know, the whole, the whole thing, if it's trying to get out of the car, that's an issue. Well, 
with the remote parking pilot, that's no longer a problem because you can actually position the car, get out of the car, and then steer it into the spot using an app on your smartphone. And then once you're done, lock it up, away you go. And then, of course, when you come back to the car, you do all that in reverse. So you can start the car and drive it out of the spot. And then when there's room, you get in and off you go. Brilliant technology. Look, I don't... I've just got to say why, because unless we're moving to a point where there's there's going to be we're going to add an extra car spot to every row, so there is actually no space for people to get in and out. Um, how hard is it to park your car, you lazy buggers? I mean, seriously. Now BMW, uh, Range Rover, there's a bunch of people that have demonstrated this. It's really going to be innovative if this is physically in the 2016 model, because that's always the the thing is you can demonstrate all you like, but actually putting it in an on sale model. Um, you know, do you need to have facilities in in your garage and all those kind of things? It'd be very interesting to see. Um, really, this is part of the the big race from motoring companies to be tech savvy. You know, every car company I used to deal with just to, just to review cars, they're now desperate to talk about technology in cars. You know, Ford, uh, Range Rover, Volvo, I um, mean, Hyundai, all these companies are talking to me because they want exposure for their, their cars on a technological front. It's very interesting evolution of the car brands. And, you know, if Mercedes can be first to market with an actual production sales vehicle, it will be big for them, mate. And I'm sure you'll be queuing up to have a look at one. Absolutely, might take it for a test drive, might kick the tyres. You yeah, never know, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, th- I just think it's a it's a cool little idea that if you do want to park your car really close, like I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I could I could have used this the other week when I went up to ANZ Stadium. I found a parking. It was a pretty tight spot where I could barely get out of my driver's door. This would have come in handy. It would have saved me risking the my paintwork, uh, and also would have made it a lot easier to to park the car close to the wall uh, without risking anyone else opening your door on the other side those tight spots so i could have used this myself all right very good you can uh, see the video from mercedes at uh, steven's website techguide.com.au two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and Stephen fennick now this is an interesting one because um this has been talked about for some time we had amazon we've had plenty of companies talk about making deliveries via a drone but um, little Aussie company called Flirty, um, uh, who do a lot of work with drones, and they're they're kind of trying to innovate in a whole bunch of industries. Have uh, worked with Fastway couriers in New Zealand, not not in Sydney, not in Australia, um, to successfully deliver a parcel um, from one place to another over about two kilometres in you know five minutes in what would have been maybe a twenty minute drive. And look, the thing is, this is a I guess a genuine delivery because it was a legitimate parcel. It was a trial though. Um, we're not seeing drones delivering parcels yet. There's a bunch of reasons why it won't work, let alone um, is a difficult uh, bureaucratic thing. But it is cool to see this being utilised as a, as a potential. I actually think this is all just a seeding ground for remote and regional area, um, whether it's deliveries or emergency system. That's, that's where this is going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's it, interesting little, uh, and the video's up there on Tech Guide as well. There's uh, the, the, the drone they used, of course, is a, a specially designed drone. It's not like the Phantom 3s that we that we fly around just to take photos and videos. This is a drone constructed from carbon fibre and aluminium. It's got a 15-kilometre range and can carry parcels weighing up to about three kilos. So th- this is a, a, obviously a specially designed drone for that particular purpose. Now, as you'll see from the video... 
what it does, it actually, when it arrives at the destination, people said, how, how am I supposed to know when, when my parcels arrive? Well, there's obviously ways to do that. There, there could be uh, a text message sent to you when the drone gets close by. But when it does arrive at the destination, it doesn't actually land. It lowers the parcel but with a cable to the ground. And then once the person either detaches it themselves or it could be detached with the, the drone, can detach it as well, then the cable's up and then it's, it's making its way back. Fastway actually did an experiment where they had a truck taking on a drone to make the same delivery and, and there's a t- little timestamp showing both sides, like a split screen showing the truck and showing the drone. And of course, the drone blitzed it, got there in less than five minutes, whereas the truck took just around about 20 minutes. So in, in certain situations, it'll work, but uh, can you imagine if every courier company had this in metropolitan Sydney? There'd be drone crashes left, right, and center. The, the, the sky would just be filled with drones. Don't think that's going to be a, a really good place to see that. The Civil Aviation Safety Authority just won't allow it, you know. This is why it's, it's definitely going to be huge for, for remote and, and rural areas, uh, probably, probably more for, uh, you know, like a simple thing, like the postal services who have to, you know, up and drive so many Ks just to deliver one little thing. That's, you know, it's definitely more cost-effective and efficient to do it this way. Interesting times. I really can't crystal ball guys as to what really will happen, but if you want to see the video from Fastway Couriers, uh, check it out at techguide.com.au. All right, Stephen's Minute Reviews and a couple of very interesting products. And, Stephen, the first one, you know, uh, we, we've got to say, could be the smartphone of the year, could be uh, one of the best smartphones on the market today, if not guaranteed. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I quite like this device. It's the LG G4. I think LG uh, quite underrated in the smartphone market. The G3 I rated as one of the best Android smartphones of 2014. The G4 is not far off the best one of 2015 uh, in the Android space. Now, the G, the, the LG had, they're, they're not afraid to try to innovate and try to be different. They, they kicked that off with the G2 where they moved all the buttons to the back. They maintained that for the G3 and introduced things like laser autofocus and this uh, quad HD screen. Well, with the G4, they've taken it even further and introduced a new texture to the smartphone. And by that, I mean the leather back cover. So you can actually have a leather phone, uh, your choice of colors, like high quality grain leather, uh, looks looks like the same quality you'd find on, on an expensive bag or, or clothing. It really, really handcrafted and looks really high quality. For those who don't like that, of course, there's the, still the typical plastic cover uh, on the back as well. Uh, the device itself has got a five and a half inch screen, a beautiful quantum display uh, that's also quad HD, looks terrific. Uh, the, 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 the standout feature though, uh, apart from the, the design, there's a slight curve in the design. But the feature that's going to really capture people's attention is the 16 megapixel camera. Now, for the first time, a smartphone has got an f1.8 lens. It's also got the or the laser autofocus, but it's got the features you'd expect to find on a dedicated digital camera. And by that, I mean uh, manual control, where you can then change things like the aperture, the ISO, the shutter speed, and even shoot in RAW format, which is just unheard of for a smartphone. So a lot, lot of uh, in photo enthusiasts, and I've taken some photos on my review, you see the detail in the 
the photographs takes brilliant photos as good as a photo I've taken with a smartphone. And we know that iPhone is kind of iPhone 6 and 6 Plus are, are kind of the benchmark in terms of photo quality. This is as good as that. Uh, that, that, that's how good this camera is. 16 megapixel rear camera. It's even got an 8 megapixel front-facing selfie camera as well. It's running Android uh, Lollipop, so 5.1. It's got a, a Snapdragon Snapdragon processor, not an octa-core. It's a quad-core, but still is pretty snappy. Uh, and th- this this device, can, on the photo side again, you can take really good photos in low light. You can take even those light trail photos. You've seen those where you create the light trails and create all kinds of patterns but overall i think it has got a removable battery 3000 milliamp hour battery which lasts easily lasts the day it's still got the micro sd card slot which the galaxy s6 mm. chose to ditch i think that's a really important feature for users it has got that three gig of ram 32 gig of in of built-in memory that you can supplement with that micro sd card as well overall i think this deserves its place as one of the top Android smartphones to keep an eye out for. Uh, you know, that, that leather touch is, is a really nice one. Uh, might, might not be for everyone, but they do give you the option of having the, the normal textured cover as well. The LG G4, $929 with the leather and textured back cover. If you just want the textured back cover, it's $869. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen well, this is, uh, this is revolutionary. Uh, Logitech, been around for a very, very long time. They don't exist anymore. Logitech, RIP. They've just dropped the tech. They're just Logi now. Logi, yes. They've, crea- they've, they've transformed the brand. And to launch that, they've got a, new, a range of new iPad covers. But the new direction is, is pretty bold. They're sort of looking at a new design language and, and sort of using uh, colors and brighter packaging and t- trying to reinvent the, the, whole, the whole approach to technology. Uh, with these new iPad covers, they're called the Block Range. That's B-L-O-K. And they have, as their name suggests, they're quite square. So gone are the rounded edges now they've been replaced with these new squarer corners but that's for a very good reason because these offer significant drop protection so these can be dropped from a height of about six feet and still protect the ipad air 2 or the ipad mini that's on board three types of cases there's a protective keyboard case so there's a removable keyboard with an any angle uh, uh, panel as well so you can position the ipad how you like the uh, there is just a protective case so that's just got the any angle cover as well as the protective case as well. And then there's just the protective shell, which is for the iPad Air 2 and iPad Air Mini. Now, the keyboard case is $149.95. The protective case is $99.95. And the protective shell is $49.95. And it's from Logi, not Logitech. Logi. They've got a new logo, a uh, whole new approach to retail as well. They've got all this bright new packaging. It is a reinvention of the company, and these are the products that are going to kick it off. Check it out also, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's a wrap, episode 217. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, if you've got any feedback or questions or comments about anything you've heard on tonight's show, uh, jump on Twitter at Trevor Long and at Stephen Fennick with a PH. Ziggy, Zaggy, the hashtag Stephen. We'll be back next week with 218. Talk to you then. 